welcome, 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 welcome to the Trio of Positivity podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, CJ. I am here alongside one other member of the Positive Brigade. Hello, Miller. How are you? I'm good. I feel like I'm the only positive one these days in the Positive Brigade, so I'm happy. I'm here. I'm ready to roll. I am glad someone took their Viagra. Because it's definitely not feeling the same over here. Come Pooping on, dude. We is... could get so many better sponsors than Viagra. Come on. We... Come okay, on. my bad. Let's be better. Red Bull. Um, Red Bull gives you wings, baby. Red Bull get, does give you wings. Um, Boopin is not able to join us. However, I do enjoy reading his intro. I'm going to give it a try here. Uh, we are here to skim the Chicago sports landscape to bring some positivity into your lives. But anyone who has cheered on the Chicago teams can attest, it can sometimes be hard to find. I do like that. That's It, it sounds very positive, but even when I read it, I don't believe it. <laughs> it's just it's just been a sad... It's been a sad week. I don't know. But it's been let's a go sad ahead. month almost. It's been... It's, listen, hockey preseason starts tomorrow. It's already like, started. So it started last week, dude. Well, for the Hawks. I think the Hawks are first game is tomorrow. Um, yeah, but this is the preseason. It's the preseason. Um, but to recap, in today's episode, we're going to be discussing the Cubs and their playoff aspirations because we're not currently monitoring anything today. Um, we're also going to try to get you prepared for the fantasy football side for week four of the NFL uh, with a quick check on Boopin's fantasy corner. And in the main segment, boy, do we have a doozy. Uh, we have what we're going to call eventually or what's being called on the Internet. Um, the XFL demotion for the team that loses this game <laughs> uh, between the Chicago Bears and the Denver Broncos. Loser goes to the XFL. So hey, I would much rather rock my president than the other guy. It's fine. With uh, me. Right. Uh, so we're going to see if there's any positivity there. Um, so let's let's just get right into it. Um, I Miller's going to hate me for this. He sent me a text message asking if I wanted to talk about something specific that happened today. And I said, meh. And the more that I'm thinking about it, and the recent single that came out uh, <laughs> regarding Damian Lillard. Oh, damn it. Trade, damn, I thought you I said single, and I immediately went to Taylor Swift because that's basically been on my feed on repeat. So, you know, I, has, I was thinking she released there a new is a single. Taylor Swift thing I wanted to ask you, too. Um, and I, there, so we've been changing a lot of how we do our podcast. I've been planning some stuff without telling the guys because I want their genuine reaction to some of this. However, Damian Litter, Lillard uh, was traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, welcome to the East, where I believe he's probably going to drop 30 points per game because the East is just a little bit easier. And he's teamed, he's paired up with Giannis. Um, there was a three-team deal. Um, it was between the Blazers, uh, Bucks, and the Suns, which had some interesting pieces going around. Um, I think he's going to be great in the East. Miller, real quick, he dropped a single. He dropped a a thing about being traded, and it it sounds like he was kind of hurt. And he, there was a line that's being said about how he's being moved somewhere that he may not have wanted to go, or like his hand was forced. Um, but what do you think? I know you had yeah, some sources. Or... Sources. All I wrote, well, all I saw was that he wrote on his Twitter, which we know how authentic that is. That he was excited yeah. that he's thankful for the city of Portland and he's excited to be a buck. Uh, I am pulling it up as we speak. I mean, I think it's a crazy, it's a, it's a big trade, man. Uh, I thought it was the biggest trade in years. I forgot about Kevin Durant because of the lack of Suns success last year. I forgot that he was even on the team. Yeah, but I mean, like you said. This immediately brings them to the top of the East. The one downfall yep. you see is they lost a huge defender in Drew Holiday, who's was moved to the Blazers, I think. And then there was a report that they want to move him again, which is kind of yeah. crazy to me. Um, but he's going to be with the Bucks. He's going to be DeAndre is also going to the Blazers, which was kind of insane to think about. Well, too, you but. knew that the relationship was fractured down in Phoenix. Um, yep. But the biggest thing is Milwaukee is now the king of the East. We'll see what that means. The defense is going to take a step down, but they have a lot of good defenders on that team. Um, so we'll see. 
Uh, it's going to be exciting to see Dame compete. He's going to make the playoffs this year, pending an injury to Giannis, probably a big injury. Um, so hopefully he gets a chance to actually experience playoff basketball on a, on a title contender. Um, he deserves it. He's been in Portland a while. He's suffered through the, the, the hills and valleys of that team. So um, he's definitely going to be on the, the easier side of the, the, the map on the east rather than the west. Um, but I'm excited for it. I know it's not Miami. I know it's not the destination. I think Jim Butler was already out there talking about how um, Milwaukee was tampering or thing. I don't know if that was yeah, real that's or a, not. That's but. a joke. No, that's a joke because everyone in the league or everyone on the Twitter sphere was saying how Miami was going to get their guy and that they were going to do all of this. And there's also some other reports, which I think you and I can get into a little bit later as the hours have um, passed regarding the trade that Pat Riley refused to counter some stuff, um, which I find interesting. Um, but not to get too much into it, I think we kind of know where we're sitting at with the East. We will talk about Chicago, the Chicago Bulls at some point, which again, I know Lillard did not choose to come to Chicago. He didn't. Chicago was not one of the teams, but it does kind of make you wonder. You see all of these quote-unquote competitive teams like Boston, like uh, Milwaukee on, on the east side making all of these moves. And Chicago's just kind of like sitting pretty. So th- I'm sure we can get into it before the, the league starts um, Yeah, well, about one, what one, we're having here. One quick thing before we move on. I, I do appreciate the fact that um, Dame is going to Milwaukee. I think it's it's the all the reports were Miami. I'm sure Miami was like, oh, this mother, this guy's coming to us. So we're going to strong stronghold Portland. And then Portland said, screw you. Does Milwaukee work? And then they got the deal done. I do think that's fun. I don't want to see a team stronghold another team to get a player that wants to go to them. I don't like that. Um, so I, I think it's a good thing for the league that he did wind up in Milwaukee and didn't get in Portland and get screwed over by Miami. So it is cool. We'll see. The Bulls are the Bulls, man. They suck. They're mediocre. They got a bunch of shitty players that are all playing singular, focused on them. They're not a team. So why would Dame come here? But um, it's exciting. A new big, big splash today as we get started in the NBA season in the coming weeks. Yep. And uh, to kind of switch it into something fun um, with the Taylor Swift stuff, um, obviously Taylor is 1-0 against the Chicago Bears. Um, I don't know if you saw the news of what happened after there, Miller. Do you want immediately after, an hour after, a day after? What do you want? I saw everything, bro. I'm in it. I'm on it. The wife's right. on it. She's 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 the one texting me what's going on. Okay, cool, it's cool, crazy. cool. How do we feel about Kelsey going above and beyond, renting out an entire restaurant so it's just him and her? Is that I not- thought it was him and her and the Chiefs. Was it the Chiefs? Oh, yeah, it was the the wrong gossip news. Yeah, never mind. He he rented he rented a restaurant for him and her and the Chiefs players to go to after the game. That's what I heard. Okay, then. Well, I guess I have nothing new for you then, because I the way I read it was, I got clickbaited. I'll say it. I got got clickbaited. I got but that's that's not even the most important news. Did you see Jared Payton, the son of Walter Payton, went viral because he had the the clip of them leaving the stadium together? That's not even the most important news. I'm telling you, dude, it's in one minute, two minutes. This was in the game. So I don't know if you saw this. I didn't even do any sourcing on this. But during the game, Tay Tay, Taylor Swift for you that, that don't know, she had chicken fingers. So she was going with the ranch ketchup combo. With the chicken fingers dipping into that, came out today that <laughs> Heinz or one of the ketchup, whoever makes ketchup, oh, God. they developed a new sauce that oh, is ketchup and God. ranch mixed that they're sponsoring the Kelsey Taylor Swift. Oh my God, it's priceless. Oh, this is great. This is just blown up huge. And it's just, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Listen, all I'm saying, I know there's rumors out there that they're just having fun together. They're having a good time. That's great. Nothing's official. Kelsey, do not let us down. Do not. Because, look, the moment something bad happens, 
someone I forgot who said it. I wish I can credit them, but it was like if something bad happens in that relationship, Kelsey's not going to hear it for a week or two or a month or two. It's a whole album that's going to be created, and it's, it's going to be, be a glorious album. Glorious album. It's what is? Doesn't she have the record of most uh, like hundred songs in top hundred or something like that? I don't hit, know, like, probably. Can but, you imagine a whole like all the references to like Kansas City and Kelsey and all of these things? I know, and all these football. That would be fucking hilarious. I, Did you hear that his ex girlfriend came out from the weeds because she needs the spotlight and and warned Taylor not to date him because he cheats? Did you hear this? Oh my god! I mean, Kelsey's on the, a TV show this, too for dating. Like, come on! All of the 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 women are coming from the weeds to get their little spotlight moment. Okay, we need to move on. All right, we got our fun in there. Now we're going to bring it into the segment that uh, has been getting a little bit of traction. We're going to go ahead and talk a little bit about Boopin's Fantasy Corner. You just skipped the first section of the show. I thought we were doing that second. You know what? I apologize. We're not doing Boopin's Fantasy Corner. We're apparently just going to jump right into the shit show that has been the Crosstown rivalry. So we'll get the other team out of the way first white Sox, congratulations you hit 100 losses no good for you no they didn't did they i thought I think I they're at 99 the i think they're at 99 hold but on do not there, give brother. me that bullshit dude we need to wave the 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 flag the white Sox flag we need to cheer for them because they're playing oh, the arizona, right, 98. 98 arizona diamondbacks City. they're playing the diamondbacks right now we need to be the biggest Sox fans here. let's go sucks let's go sucks but in all realness, you sell the team share. Less. You guys suck really badly. Yeah, you guys I mean, and the Diamondbacks the beat them Bye. three nothing today. So yeah, didn't even help us. But by the end of this episode, <laughs> they'll find a way to hit over a hundred. Um, I have nothing else to say. So let's switch on to the other side. I want to start with the good news first because I know Miller and I are going to have a nice little heated debate here about certain things that occurred. The Cubs are winners this season. They have hit over eighty-one wins. They are officially in a winning season. The playoffs are still in play. So can we at least appreciate that it is the end of September and we're playing meaningful baseball? It's been a couple of years. Yes, and I love that. I love it. It's it's been it's been really sad to watch lately just because the performance on the field, specifically the back end and the bullpen, has just been terrible. But we've had a lot of fun. August and the beginning of September was a lot of fun. July too. They're, they they played blast. they played hard. They played fun. They they played good baseball, and it was it, just watching them on the day to day basis was an enjoying. It, it was a good experience. It's it's weird from what we saw the last two seasons. Like we haven't seen good baseball played on the north side in a while. A lot of the times, even when we were winning in like. 17, 18, it was all home runner bust stuff. And this was like solid. Move the runner over, bunts, stolen bases, get the guy home. Like it was good, fun, fundamental baseball. So it was a lot of fun to watch. We are in a tough spot right now. Um, We are down to the final five games of the year. We're barely holding on to the third wild card spot. Miami lost earlier today. So I think we're a full one game up on them pending tonight's decision. If the um, Cubs win tonight, the magic number is four. Four. Okay, so we're getting close. Um, we've, However, the, the magic number has always been tricky because you, you have to keep track of the other teams with this new wild card stuff. So it's sometimes the, the, it's it's supposed to be for every Cubs win, the number drops, and then for every opponent that well, is realistically, trying to catch up to them, it's... You're, it, yeah. In other terms, it was it's easier to manage, but now with the whole thing, it's 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 a you're bit. You're talking too much. So I, essentially, we're competing with the my Marlins, um, and you can talk about you can say Arizona and also Cincinnati's on the outskirts. So really, our big competition right now is the Marlins that are gonna that are gonna challenge us. They're they're going to be one game back pending tonight's decisions. The problem is is they are playing the Mets and the Pirates, and we are playing the Braves and the Brewers. So we are playing a much tougher schedule in these last five, ga- five games than they are. So we need some luck to get there. We have a one-game lead. Let's see where we land. 
Um, we completely blew the game last night against the Braves. It was just okay. So we're, we're we're just gonna go in there because now you're talking too much. So no, we're, we're not. I we're, was getting we're there. We're gonna we're we're gonna we're gonna get to to this point. So first of all, let's see, let's say what let's say it with our chest. The Atlanta Braves are currently the only team that has a hundred wins. Okay, they're the best team in baseball. They're 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 the best team out there at the moment. Now, in baseball, there is currently a discussion amongst the posit- the positivity brigade here regarding something that happened in a game in which the Cubs were leading. However, given the given what is currently happening, I think this may trump that. But there was the the Cubs were up six five. No, 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 stop, up. stop, stop, stop. Yesterday's game, the Cubs got out to a 6-0 lead. They had six runs going into the sixth inning. They were up 6-0. Steele proceeded to give up a few runs. I think three. Then the next inning, Cubs didn't score. The bullpen gave up two. So it was 6-5. The next inning, the eighth inning, we did not score again. And now the situation is upon us where we have Smiley on the mound, two runners on, and a fly ball was hit to right field in which Seiya Suzuki completely botched it and dropped the ball. Subsequently, the Cubs lost. And so after that, the story was all about Seiya Suzuki. Yes. And that is what bothered me. And I'm looking for your opinion on this, but I'm going to give mine first. I don't think that this whole game and essentially the playoffs is being put on Seiya Suzuki because of this one missed play. It Was it a key error? Yes. Should he have made the play? Yes. Was it routine? Yes. All of that is true. He fucked up, the bottom line. But I'm not going to sit here and blame the entire game and the entire season on him missing one catch. The bottom line is we were up 6-0. In the history of Atlanta Braves, they have never come back from a 6-0 deficit in the seventh inning or sixth inning and won the history until last night. And that's what happened. Bullpen and the starting pitching gave up five runs over two innings. Saya committed one error, which resulted in two more and the Braves winning. That is where I stand. It was a bad error, but I'm not going to sit here and say, oh my God, Saya ruined the Cubs season because he didn't make this catch. It is not all on him. The bullpen's been trash. Pitching has been trash in the, over the last few weeks. That's the reason we're not in possibly going to make the playoffs that's the reason reason we lost the game not one error on one person i'm not going to place that blame on so here's the thing and this is where you and i will disagree forever endeavorist i and you can quote me on this i've never said that the season was lost because of him yep you got the same reaction i had 10 seconds ago because you just realized what occurred so i was wondering when you were going to see that but we don't talk about what's currently happening because that's not a good thing. So, has it? did it ruin the season? Obviously not. But you perfectly, perfectly said all the reasons as to why I can be upset and I can put blame on him. Was it routine? Yes. Should he have made the catch? Yes. Is he not a professional? Yes. You know what happens when you have bad pitching? You know who's supposed to lift you up? Your defense behind you in key moments. Did we give up that many runs? Of course we did. Our pitching sucked. We've known this for months. But we've been able... Yes, we have. Yes, we have. We've. I, how our many pitching times have I was said, great in the July and bullpen, August. The Miller, bullpen was bullpen solid. Our has suffered. Even during no, September call-ups, I said... Miller, the bullpen's been not, solid. Were you not present during our recordings? The, the bullpen was solid up until Azale went down. That once Azale went down, it threw off the whole grind of the, Miller, uh, the bullpen. Before that, we always relied on our starters. 
No, the we did not. We relied on the, the stars Cubs? to get to the no, seventh no, 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 no. inning. Okay, I have Lighter to stop pitched the eighth, stop you here. and Azalea pitched the ninth. Stop. That's what stop. it happened. You're wrong because this Come is what on, ended dude. up look happening. Look at the fucking box scores. This is, this is, you don't look at the box scores because if you saw our pitcher, our starting pitchers keep us in the game, and the the one difference that we've always had, and even to this day, if you look at the stats, the Cubs still historically are scoring more runs than anything else. Their run differential is still in the plus of a lot of teams in the NL. So you're wrong on that one. And the reason we keep losing is because of our bullpen. So what does that mean? The games that we've lost historically have been high run games because the bullpen is suffering. And that's another reason that has been happening for the last couple series with the pirates. We win big. They only give up what one or two runs, but on the other close games, every time a bullpen has to be used, they lose by a high number. That's the only reason the Cubs have had this run differential that's been so great. Oh, it's yeah. Because you of the disregard the, the three-game series where we scored 50-something runs. I mean, that's I what get I'm what saying. you're saying, but the problem is during July and August, when the Cubs were on the hot streak, Mark Leiter Jr. and Albert Azale were rock solid. They were the eighth and ninth inning consistently, and they were putting up great numbers. You can't deny that. The, pro- the starter, most of the time, was getting to 6th or 7th inning, and then we went 8-9, game over. It was lights out. We are now entering a, si- a, a situation where Azalea is on the IL. We don't have a closer. It's been closer by committee, and it's been a fucking disaster. That's what we're dealing with, and the whole bullpen has been a fucking disaster. Miller. That's why you cannot put this on Seiya Suzuki's one error. Errors fucking occur. Get over Errors it. It occur. happens. You're right. Was it a but big situation? A time, yes. Miller, name me a time where if you, you make really want to bring up Alex Gonzalez right now, we can. because we can fucking go there. <laughs> we can. But name me a time where a, a routine play in playoff. If this was in the playoffs, would you say that this killed the playoffs? You didn't get my reference issue. I got your reference, and I know exactly what you're talking about. But answer the question. If this occurred in the playoffs, where we lost the game in the playoffs, what would you have said? The same exact thing. You're absolutely fucking wrong. No, they would I would have eaten the man alive because if he makes that catch, and it did catch, yesterday, he he got up and, and went to the worse. podium and had a it fucking conversation. Been worse, he owned up I'm to saying. it. That's great. You can't I, say I, you're. They gave listen, up five unanswered runs. But Miller, Come if he on. owned up, Miller, if he owned up, then that means he knows if he makes that catch, they win. No. You, Yes, you can. We gave up five runs over the last two innings. You can't seriously sit here no. and say in he comparison. catches the ball in the eighth that and automatically the ninth is closed. Come on. That's a Miller. stupid argument to make. The ninth inning has been killing us. We just lost. What did we lose? We lost three out of two out of four to Cincinnati when we blew two ninth run, nine run, uh, ninth inning leads. You can't seriously sit here and say we automatically win this game if he makes this catch, and that's my problem. You can't blame it on one guy. When you, one error. When you listen, we're gonna. I'm gonna bring you back to this moment because there was something that was there was a comment made um, by Fields that rubbed me the wrong way, and you know exactly what I'm gonna say about that. But if Suzuki's going to the podium and he's saying, "Hey," I know what happened. Obviously, the guy knows. And the confidence that can come up with that is, hey, he got us out of the inning. We have a chance to win this game. What I'm saying is that right there, that error occurs. And you're shot. You're shot yourself in the foot. That's no. what I'm trying to say. Oh. If this happens, he's in being a leader. Term, is what he's he being. Play, he's he being ha- a leader. He's owning no, his oh, mistake. Fuck the whole leadership. Oh, come on, dude. He's don't owning his mistake. That. That's what you want to see out of players. No, that's how players don't. are supposed to react. No, you Own don't. Own the mistake, and then it's put behind oh, you. You cannot sit here and excuse. say, "Oh, my whole bullpen and my whole pitching staff gave up five runs," but the fact that you committed one error and resulted in two more, it's your fault. You Everyone lost us the knows game. The bullpen is struggling. If exactly. you know the bullpen is struggling, so you're assuming you that they're going to win in the ninth. Them. Okay, let's you can move assume on. that you're going to you at least go into the lead with the ninth. Okay, no it shit. doesn't mean they're going to win. They're probably going to blow have, it in the ninth. You have, you Come on, dude. You don't know that though. It's happened it, consistently. Don't Miller, blame it, was, it on one guy because he Miller, committed one it's, error. 
it's a routine play. So Move I'm going to end it there. I'm going to end it there. You're 100% wrong, but I'm going to end it there. Trash. Trash. I, I, just remember this moment when I when I bring the comment up. So Trash. Following that positivity, we're going to go ahead and go into Boopin's Fantasy Corner, which Miller is going to go ahead and take care for us. Yeah, baby! Go Miller's ahead, Miller. Fantasy Let us Corner. We Miller's are not calling it Miller's Corner. We are not going to call it that. We're, we're the bears Boopin's Fantasy Corner presented by Jumping. So go ahead. The floor is yours, my friend. All right. Welcome to week four of the fantasy football schedule. Week three was a doozy. I mean, not only for fantasy, but Pick'em and Eliminators. We had some upsets. Arizona beating Dallas. What? That was a big one. Indy beating Baltimore. What? Another big one. But let's jump into fantasy right now. Big news going on there. We have injuries to Carr and Garoppolo. Make sure to pay attention to that. Uh, I think cars might be a little more serious than Garoppolo's, but we'll see what happens there. You got Jameis Winston playing for the Saints. Bryce Young looks like he's going to be out another week, so we'll see. Stay tuned on what he does. You shouldn't have him on your team anyways. Anthony Richardson, however, did take steps to be on the field this week. He is a established runner. He's had some good stats in the first few weeks, so keep in mind there you might want to stick him in your lineup. Um, big running back news. We have Austin Eckler. He's back to limited practice. However, keep in mind they have a week five bye, which would be next week. Historically, in these situations, they usually keep the guy out just to get him a little extra time off. So proceed with caution there. In addition, our suspended boy, Alvin Kamara, is back. Um, so we'll see if he takes over the reins right off the back or if it's going to be um, split between another running back. Um, Jonathan Taylor is going to be coming back possibly next week. Oh, no, two weeks. Week five, possibly. So we'll see what happens with the Jonathan Taylor news. So big running back news coming out. Um, Moving forward, we have the risers and the fallers. Be on the lookout for some key risers moving into week four. C.J. Stroud, who I'm sure we're going to touch on here in a moment. He is a huge riser at quarterback. He's putting up great numbers in Houston. Adam Thielen, you might be able to get him in some leagues. Maybe he was dropped. Wide receiver for Carolina. With Andy Dalton behind center, he is getting some news. He's getting some throws there. The tight end from Detroit, remember they got rid of Hawkinson last year. Well, they drafted Sam Laporta. He's been putting up some good tight end numbers and getting a lot of traction in the tight end market, even predicted to be top 10 rest of season. So keep an eye on him. Snatch him up, especially with the the weak tight end market that's out there. And then Josh Downs. Look for him in a PPR league because he's getting those receptions, ladies and gentlemen. Fallers, Mark Andrews. He had a rough week last week. We'll see. He was injured week one, if you remember. So who knows? He is Lamar's main weapon. He may, he, he may bounce back, but definitely proceed with caution there. And T. Higgins, remember he laid that goose egg week one that hurt a lot of people. Well, this last week wasn't much better. With He had about five drops or something like that. So mm, it was ugly, that's for sure. Like we talked about last week, we paid props to CJ on this one. He loves his trades. Let's talk about some trade candidates here. If you're looking to buy... Be look be on the lookout for Romeo Dobbs from the Green Bay Packers. Now I wouldn't be giving up an arm and a leg, especially with Christian Watson possibly playing this week, but you might be able to get a steal there because he has been a tight end or touchdown machine for Green Bay so far and a good a good uh, option for Jordan Love. Marquise Brown has been a surprise. Arizona's offense was not predicted to do well, but Marquise has He's been pretty solid for a wide receiver drafted in probably the seventh or eighth round. Definitely starter material flex flex position there. And Josh Jacobs, make sure to buy him. He has been mediocre with the Raiders, I think, on the up and up. So look out for them. Sell candidates. Christian Kirk, he's put up some good games. Might be able to get a good return on him with him being a number two. DeAndre Swift, who knows what's going to happen. Like we talked about last week. Three-headed monster in Philly between Swift, Gainwell, and then Penny. So you never know where they're going to go. DeAndre Swift is the hot ticket right now. 
they may move they may move on to another one. So might want to get some good assets there. And then Mike Evans. Mike Evans is I think scored a touchdown in every game so far. So do you believe in Baker Mayfield? If you do, maybe you want to keep him. But if not, get some good returns from them. So there's a the buy and sell candidates there. CJ, you have anything to add to the beautiful, beautiful fantasy corner? So funny as we're talking, I actually just made a move. So I picked up downs and dropped um What's his face that we were just talking about that I said if he makes a catch? Mooney? Yeah, there you go. Mooney. Went ahead and dropped him. Picked up down, so that's fun. I also have Mike Evans. Uh, he's actually been quite a surprise. I had to bench Waddle. Um, but also, I'm reeling a little bit because uh, my week three, I was um, you know, I was doing okay. And then all of a sudden, uh, just decided to lose by point two. So I have Ew, been... The whole point two! The old point two, and Mooney just needed one catch to help me because I started him because Waddle was out, and it didn't work. So, and you were asking who I have on my bench. I have Osborne from Minnesota, and I have given you a win. And Campbell from the Giants that I just I don't know who that is. You should probably drop him too. Well, he actually uh, had eight points, which again would have won me the the win. So. This is why you don't rely on bears, you fucking homer. Yeah, but I have Jamar Chase. He finally showed up last week, so hopefully he can. Yes, he did, and he was my buy candidate last week. So that's a good little corner. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and uh, take our break here. Uh, I think we need it after what we discussed with the Cubs. So we'll go ahead and we will see you guys right after uh, this uh, lovely ad that we're gonna have for you. So stay tuned. Miller here. Football season is underway and we are loving it and we are we're tuning in every week. The Trio of Positivity podcast pride ourselves in giving you the most up-to-date info. Unfortunately, the Chicago Bears are a dumpster fire. But we can still bring out the positivity and hopefully this week we can get that win. Be sure to listen to our Sunday recap because we are going to be live on Facebook for the first time, giving you our recap on what we see. Who knows? Will Denver pull it out? I mean, they're favored. But the Bears may as well. So we'll see what happens there. Thank you for listening to the Trio of Positivity podcast. Be sure to like and follow the T.O.P. podcast on wherever you listen to your streaming services. Thank you, and have a great day. All right, and we're back, and we're now going to try our best to be positive here. We're going to talk about the Chicago Bears. Good God. If that Cubs argument wasn't heated enough, this is about no. to go to the next level. I will say, shout out to our WhatsApp group. Uh, this was the most fun I've had reading um, a lot of the stuff that has been written, um, because... Well, it's a sad day. It's a sad day because the Bears are officially the laughing stock of the NFL. And as much as I love watching Miller drink his whiskey with pride, there have been times where I've seen him drink sad whiskey, and I feel like this Sunday is going to be one of them. Miller, what would you like to talk about regarding? Not only the Chicago Bears, but also the team that got dumped on last week by the Dolphins. Yeah, we'll get into the Broncos in a minute. I want to focus on the Bears because, you know, NFL rules the, the, the radio waves. They rule everything. So I want to take a moment. We had the Sunday recap, but we didn't get to digest it yet. I want to take a minute to digest what we saw. I have the to lay back on my chair. The <laughs> massacre. Me, I'm just laying back on my chair. I'm ready for this. Chiefs, Bears. First off, I want to touch on one thing that you brought up on our Sunday recap. Yeah. Let's focus on your prediction of fields being traded. Because all I do, although I don't agree with that mindset, I'm interested to hear the who, what, where, when, why of this happening. 
Sure. So break it down of who do you think would be willing to trade for him and why they would trade for him. So I, I've given it some thought, and this is the way that I would like to explain it to you. I think given um, given the current scenario of the Bears, we're not in a good state. I think Poles will want to bring in a new coach. And with him bringing in a new coach, the aspirations of a new quarterback being led into this franchise has a higher promise. How do you do that? Well, you know that this was a big make-or-break year for Fields. Fields is not performing how we would have liked. You got to get a return on someone that you're most likely not going to keep next year. I think we can agree with that. If the season continues to go on the way that it's going, there will not be any extension signed. Can we agree to that as a whole here? First off, he's on year three. So he would automatically be on year four. Yep. And then the option would be decided next March on year five. Right. But to your question, yep. There will be no extension. There will signed. be no extension. Correct. Now, if we were to trade him on, I don't think we'll get as much value in the off season than we will during the season. Anything is better than nothing at this point because you're going to have a quarterback that's going to be under control for one year at a low cost. So there is a potentially two, potentially two, if the team decides. But well, if you're trading for him, you're probably going to pick up the option. Just saying. Well, that and that's my point. So there, there is value into going ahead and and trading for him. Now, the teams that would want him, I don't know, but. Just like any quarterback that leaves a scenario, there's always seems to be a team that's willing to take a chance with someone, and it takes the right deal. Um, I'm sure if I given it more thought, I can probably come up with teams. But since I'm being put on the spot, I don't want to commit to anything. Um, maybe the Rams. I don't know. So, really, so I thought I've thought about your position. And a lot of what you're saying is makes sense. But I have two things that I feel like are a hindrance on this trade happening. Number one is, theoretically, if we lose and we get a top 10 pick, we're going to get a new quarterback. Do you want that quarterback to start right away? I don't know. We haven't had much success on that on the last two quarterbacks that we have. So maybe it might be worth having a starting quarterback that can actually... I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say he's playing good, but he's he's somebody that can be put in there and play, and we can have someone in the background kind of building up. That's we, my first point. Okay, I'll second, let you finish your point. Sorry. Second, who's going to get him? No one needs a fucking quarterback, especially one that can't hasn't proven that he can throw. So what am I looking at? The only team that needs a quarterback right now is the New York Jets. Fields isn't a fit for the Jets. He is a run-first quarterback that hasn't proved that he can pass. So going to the Jets isn't going to work with their system. To me, Fields would fit in a system such as Baltimore, such as Philly, someone like but that. But see, that's the thing. And, and, and just to counter your current point, because I think your first point is very valid, you're already seeing him in a backup status if you're no, going not. to those teams. Oh, because he's going to compete for... Uh... No, he's not. That's what I'm saying. That's I don't think saying. a trade to them would happen unless something got... Unless Lamar and Hurts got hurt. Here, They're not going to trade for him here's just my to thing. trade for We're him. already value... But you're evaluating him... You're evaluating him in the stance of a backup going to the... No, teams. I'm not. That's what happens when you trade for someone. You don't trade for someone to just put him on your roster. You yes, trade you... for someone with the potential of building around them. Because you're not giving up on them. Now maybe mm. Dallas didn't do that. I was which, gonna. Say, I was gonna say Dallas is the biggest like blunder to what you're the point you're trying to make. But normal. That's not. That's not normal though. I don't know but why you would trade happening. for somebody. But I that's mean, for the happening. record, Trey Lance was never given a chance. Oh, Fields has had. Oh, how many games has he started, CJ? How many games? I think he started like producer, six. Don't ask our producer. Producer doesn't know shit about he football. He started. He's Fields has started twenty six. 
He started you know 26 games. Do you know what's That's the, the difference? difference? But do you know what's Lance the difference? Lance hasn't proven about, himself. Okay. Uh, uh, the one thing on the Trey Lance. Trey Lance was there, and then there was an adjustment, if I recall correctly, and then they realized that he's not the guy. Is that not a fair statement? No, it's not a fair statement. So Trey Lance was the guy. He got hurt. And he was never the same. No, no. Brock Purdy came in, executed the offense to a high level, and then they went with Purdy, and Trey Lance never got another shot. Okay, I'll give you. If you, I'll give if you, you that. call training camp a shot, maybe. But uh, yeah, it sounded like you do. He was competing with training camp. Purdy in training was camp. You make decisions starter. in training camp. You make decisions about who's Shanahan starting. Shanahan came out last oh. year and said he was their starter. So it, Brock Purdy, if he was healthy, he was we basically We had a their fantastic starter. scenario a couple of years ago where it was announced Mitch Trubisky was the starter, and after the first game, he was benched, and a fucking other guy well, Brock, won us the game. Well, so, Brock Purdy but led the team to, your, to the fucking NFC back, Championship. To get back to your point, to get back Eagles, to your first point, <clears throat> Mitch Trubisky and fucking Nick Foles. Oh, Nick I guess Foles. he went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Throws perfect spirals and reads defenses, if what I, just, I was told. Okay. okay, but back to your first point. Back to your first point, which I kind of am already forgetting what it was. But can you repeat your first point again? Because that's, that's the one thing I wanted to point out. Oh, uh, bringing in a quarterback. If you were labeled as the franchise guy, if you were labeled as the franchise guy, and all of a sudden the, the franchise that drafted you is now drafting your replacement, are you going to want to play? I'm not. Why do you care? I'm not going to play. Look at what the Chiefs did. They signed Alex Smith to a big-ass deal, and they drafted Pat Mahomes, and then he was on his way out. Why, do, As an organization, why do I care? How My old focus is Alex is on, Smith? I don't know. My focus is on developing. No, it wasn't. But he was, it was so on like why the, bring it, This is the first contract guy with Fields. It's the very first one on a rookie okay, deal. Okay, well, I'm not focused on Fields. As an organization, why the fuck do I give a shit about Fields? I want to focus on, for example, Caleb Williams and developing him. My last two quarterbacks, the- my last two quarterbacks, I have thrown on the field during their rookie season, and what happened? They both crashed and burned. And and I am living proof that this organization is from fucking dumpster fire right now because of it. Why not change it up and say, let's keep Fields since he's under contract. Throw him out there. If he sucks, he sucks. We get a dra- better draft pick. Let Caleb Williams develop in the background and work and then be a starter his second year. What's the harm that's going to come for that? It's not like we're overpaying a backup to be out there and potentially win games. I don't know. That's just that, my opinion. It's a, that, it's a to thought. Me, that to me is the dumbest explanation ever because you're bringing in a rookie. You're going to be bringing in a possible rookie that is going to learn something from fields. It's going to be a chance to develop. Oh my! You God. can give a, you can you can use Nate Peterson. Come on, he's a he's a journey. I don't know what I what mean. Saying, what we've like, done is hasn't worked. I mean. We had Mitch Trubisky and Andy Dalton and Nick Foles. How did that do? That didn't go very well. We had Justin Fields, and who did we have with him? That didn't go very well. I'm just changing the status quo. What the hell does it matter? I just don't know that throwing a uh, a guy out there right off the bat is successful. Now, you can say and look at C.J. Stroud, like I talked about before, who's averaging about 280 yards with an awful offensive line. Maybe that's a shot, but... This is a way of doing it as well. Look at Jordan Love. He is 2-1 and one as a Packer, and some say he's not playing great football, but they're still well, he winning. He looks comfortable. They're still winning. And then you look at Pat Mahomes that sat on the bench behind Alex Smith. Yes, he's a little more proven, but guess what? He was there. You have, But who knows? Hey, maybe he can learn from Tyson Badgett, which brings me to my next question. When does the... I can't even take you serious today. When does Tyson Badgett make his appearance on the, as the Chicago when, Bear? When the Bears trade fields. That's, that's you, a cop-out. What if, how is they, that a cop what out? if Fields isn't traded? When does he make his appearance? Does he, he make his experience? He, he won't. You don't and, think they'll ever bench fields? No. It doesn't benefit them. Why? Proc Purdy was the Mr. Irrelevant. 
He is now one of the best quarterbacks in the league because of yes, because of Kyle Shanahan's system. Oh, I'll agree with you there. Thank God, I cannot. How much whiskey have you been drinking? What what am I saying? I'm not I'm speaking coherently. This is all relevant information. Why can't Tyson Badgen do it? Like, what is the point? Fields is okay. god awful. Okay. okay, let's let's let me put it to you in this way. We've talked about how sad the coaching staff has been. We've talked about how we can give two shits and the the team has become predictable. Do you honestly think a change in quarterback will change any of those topics? No, I don't. No, okay. There there could be some arguments being made that the O-line is still a work in progress. Even if you change the quarterback, you still have that issue. The one thing I will say... So, okay. Hold on, hold on. Let me Go ahead. You first. You first, me second. Let's go. Go, baby. The one thing I will say, though, is I have been noticing a lot more talk about the Bears' play calling ability. And even you kind of pointed it out a while (laughs) ago, too, that if it's a fields thing where he's holding the ball too long, why isn't he running? Or why isn't it like a snap thought of, you know, like the read progressions. We we talked about this a little bit where it's like, if he's holding the ball and he doesn't have that read, he just goes. I, that's not even a scheme kind of thing. That's just like a quarterback being like what he used to be. Why so is that first, so first, it's kind of was addressed by Fields in his press conference last week when he talked about he was getting overcoached, right? Now, maybe he walked back that bullshit, but realistically, that was probably how he felt. So I think that has a lot to do with it. This coaching staff, moving to my second point, kind of, this coaching staff is trying to teach him to play more from the pocket. Is that how a quarterback is played? Yes, that is. To be successful in this league, you need to be able to play from the pocket. So fields playing from the pocket is important. But I think in the first two games specifically, he stayed in the pocket too long, to your point. He didn't make split-second decisions. Like we talked about multiple times over the past week, of the first 10 sacks that he got, nine of them was him holding the ball for more than four seconds. Offensive linemen cannot hold these monsters of defense for for four seconds. It's not possible. So to what you're asking, he is holding the ball too long because he's trying to be that what the coaches want him to be. Now, getting back to what I... Unfortunately, Monday was spent for me doing a lot of yard work. And what did I do? I listened to a lot of people talk. A lot of talking heads were listened to. And some of them brought up good points. The first and foremost was in regards to Luke Getze. As you heard me talk about on Sunday, I am not a fan of Luke Getze. I don't think the scheme that he's running fits Fields. I think it's crap because the wide receivers are not getting open. And you know what? There's no results. Uh And one thing that I heard and that is real if you remember back when they hired Luke Getze to begin with, is the fact that he came in stating that he was going to build a system around a quarterback. Well, you know what? That's not happening. Because his system is a system that requires the quarterback to have good timing, accuracy, and be able to know what's going to happen. Read a defense, know who's going to be open, and hit the guy on the route. That's not Fields. But you know who else that isn't? That's not Hurts. That's not Lamar. That is not their strength. Their system is different than that. It's not timing related. They're able to do other things, and their coordinators and head coaches have adapted their system to the quarterback play. We haven't seen that in Chicago. Getze wants Fields to be timing-oriented, and he's not. He cannot read the defense. He cannot hit the guy in stride. He needs to have more so layups. And the problem is, is Getze fed us all bullshit saying that he was going to change it to meet Fields, and he hasn't. And that's the problem, and that's the point I wanted to make. Still on fire, Getze. It's not going to happen. I realize that. I'm wrong. They're not going to fire Getze and have two coordinated positions open 
Getty's here to stay. Unfortunate, but that is one point I wanted to make today that I didn't make on Sunday. I I, I understand your point, but there has been multiple because you know Twitter is filled with offensive coordinators and quarterback coaches and whatnot. There have been times where wide receivers, even some tight ends, have been open, and he misses them. So I honestly think that it's a mixture of both, and I think you and I can agree on that. Yep. The one thing I will say, though, about Fields is his confidence every week now, since he's doing these pressers, has looked worse and worse. I mean, the whole organization is looking down. No, but you know what? I'm thinking more of the kid because there's a lot of pressure. And some of the comments that he's making, like, you know, I'm just happy to be alive or I'm happy, (laughs) you know, like, that, that, like. (laughs) So sad. It's sad. It's week four. It's I get that, four. but listen to Eberflus. Eberflus sitting here on the radio talking about, oh, the city of Chicago should be behind us. You shouldn't be booing us. Like it's comments like He's that. Right, like though. He's no, right. But fuck that no, bullshit. No, no, no. But here's the thing. And I said one of the best examples that I'll give you, and I'll make this real quick so we can talk about the matchup. Was there was a time where the Cubs were playing in the in a wild card game, and I remember like in the first two or three innings, the fans in Wrigley were booing the shit out of them. And they were like, hey, this is a playoff game. Do you guys really think that we want to play against you guys? Like, play against these guys and the fans? Like, <sighs> like you got to be behind us. The following day, the crowd was a lot better. We still lost, but the crowd was a lot better. So I will say that there is some truth to what he's saying, but the only counter that I will give, he's got to give us something to be proud about. There's nothing to be proud about on this team. Hey, you're comparing apples and oranges. You're talking about a playoff game to a team that hasn't won in 13 weeks. Apples and oranges. There wasn't booing last year that I remember. Maybe there was. There wasn't a lot of booing last year, and we lost 10 games straight. We understood the assignment. The fans understood that we were going to lose, so we understood it. This year was supposed to be a different story. You had people like Eddie Jackson coming out that he was going to be the best safety in the league. You had people mocking the Green Bay Packers before you got embarrassed. You had people talking about playoff potential. That is a problem. You can't come out here... Talk the talk, get blown out, embarrassed, at least, in my opinion, three out of three weeks. I don't think Tampa was that great. But at least two out of three weeks, you can't come out here and talk and then sit here and say, oh, boo-hoo, don't boo us. We're we're trying hard. Root for us. Like, no, we're not going to sit here on a fucking 13-game losing streak. We almost haven't seen a win in a year and say, oh, Rah, 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 go Bears. No, that's not going to happen. Come Here's on, the thing. be real. During the time that I was talking about the Cubs, the Cubs hadn't won yet. So, like, that's how far back I'm going in this scenario. I'll try to find it for the next episode. But when I'm when I'm talking about you're in the playoffs and you want to win, you have a great team, and you're shitting the bed, the team is going to feel a certain way if you're booing them at, at a certain point. The Bears were getting booed week one against the Packers. Week goes one goes back to my point. We so we, like, we had lost ten games up to that point. This was the biggest thing of the week. We I, I called it a must fans. win. But this is what I don't get about some fans. Some fans are like, we got to forget about last year. But then we're comparing stats of what Fields did last year or what the team did last year. The team was shit, and we're ex- what we expected to beat the Packers because Rodgers left. No, like. <laughs> Some of the homers that are that are existing out there are coming back to earth. Welcome. I've been here the whole time. You're this, you're beyond homer. You're I'm, like you're I've like you're here. like uh I you're like I, uh, I hate the Bears. No, Pittsburgh Steelers I, fan. No, no, no. I love the Bears. I love the Bears. I my my dad. I have great memories going to Bears games. But I'm a realist. Unlike the <laughs> fucking dreamers and zoomers that exist in some of our groups where they were coming in with hopes and dreams and now they're being served coal and shit. No one this could have predicted expected. this. I expected a shit you had them show for the first two and weeks. Ten. You expected them Did at I 7 have and them 10. Did I the first two games? No. Thank you, so You had them up. beating Kansas City, so you can sit the hey, fuck down. <laughs> hey, I... Sure. 
I'll take a loss to Kansas City, but that's a Taylor effect. Taylor beat us that game. Yeah, okay. Speaking Let's of, jump into the Broncos. Speaking of another team that's going to beat the Bears, we're going to jump right into the Broncos and uh, the Chicago Bears, or what I have now deemed the XFL game. The loser <laughs> of this game will get demoted to the XFL. I like that idea. I do, they, too, because maybe we won't be as upset nope we'll still anymore. get shit on by xfl teams I'll, we'll just I'll be gone we'll that. just be out of the league that would be glorious and we wouldn't so, have to worry about this shit team anymore there are some points that you want to talk about obviously we got to talk about russell wilson it's uh one of the funniest things that i saw last week was that the uh broncos traded a first and a second for a coach that basically blasted him because the he was the ball boy for the Broncos. He wanted to be a part of it. And oh, Mike actually, McCarthy, yeah. yeah. And he was actually denied an interview f- to be a coach for the team. And he said, suck my dick and enjoy these 70s. Oh, um, I love that. Yeah, so from a Russell Wilson perspective, what are you expecting? I don't know what to expect, to be honest. Um, last year was a shit show for them. Uh, this year has been up and down. Obviously, Miami's in the forefront with them getting embarrassed. But... The, the games before that, they were in it with against Washington, and the defense kind of gave it up. And the first game, they were in it with the Raiders, and again, the defense kind of gave it up. I mean, the Raiders won by like a point, I think. It was like 17 to 16, I believe. So it's not like it wasn't as bad as the, the, the Washington game, but they've been playing better, and that's why I believe they're favored by three and a half on the road, which is sad to begin with that essentially with Vegas giving three points to the home team that we are a six and a half point underdog. But hey, what are you going to do? Um, I think the Broncos are better than their record, to be honest. Yep. Um, I'll agree with that. The, the destruction that was Miami we just got out of hand. Um, so I, I don't think they're a good team by any measure. I They have grossly underachieved my expectations. I thought they were going to have a better year. But they aren't. And with the injuries going on in our secondary, I don't know if we can stop any team, let alone the worst team, one of the worst teams in the league. Um, Their running game hasn't taken off. Javon Williams, who came off an ACL last year, has underachieved. They have P. Ryan uh, again, but neither of them are decent running backs, if you say. So they don't have much of a running game, so it's going to fall on Russell Wilson to get it done. And the and the the thing that I keep getting caught on when I'm thinking of this game is you had two teams that got embarrassed last week. Miami losing by 50 points, or Miami beating the Broncos by 50 points, and the Bears losing to Taylor Swift. <laughs> it's still funny. So fast forward to this week when they play luck. each other. When they play each other. Which coach do you count on to actually get their team ready to play. Are you going to sit here and say Matt Eberflus is going to get his team ready to play the Denver Broncos? No, I'm not. I mean, you look at Sean Payton, he already ripped the media a new one, which undeserved if uh, whatever, but he already ripped them a new one. You know that he's going to get his team fired up and ready to play. I don't know that Matt Eberflus will be able to do that. He's lost 13 fucking straight games. And, ha- and is sitting out here and saying that the city needs to get behind the team. He's not firing anybody fucking up. So I think just by that alone, I'm leading the Broncos because Denver is going to cu- fucking come to play. They got good guys. They got good re- receivers. They have Russell, who's done it before. They're going to come out hot. They're going to come out ready to go. And if we can't stop them, who knows? What did we lose um, by last week? 41 to 10? It may be 51 to 10. Who the oh, fuck God. knows? Um, a couple points I want to make. Did you know how many... I'm going to ask you. Uh, in the blowout that occurred, do you know how many yards Russell threw for? It was, know, that's... Not, it was not a lot. I had him. I actually played him. I think it was like 280. Maybe something like that. The man had 306 did he yards. Have, did he hit three? Uh, I knew it was the round. No one's, no one's talking about this. He threw 300 yards or 306. Do you know how much Tua threw for? 309. Yeah, it was all running backs. It was and all so running like, backs. Like, 
the guy seems to be getting it because the week before <sighs> against the I mean, the week, come the on, week CJ. Before, you can't hold on. Let here. me finish. Let me finish. <sighs> the week before against the Commanders, he threw for three hundred and eight. Come on, so dude. You can't sit here and gar- you're the king of garbage time bullshit. You don't give Justin Fields an inch in garbage time. You can't in sit garbage here and- time. He still didn't get a hundred yards, brother. I know. I understand that, but so we're not talking about this. You can't sit here and say that you that do not. Russell give me Wilson that is getting three hundred and nine yards because it was all do garbage not- time. The game was it, over in basically the first if the quarter. The game was over. Mr. Fields should have had at least 150. I'm not talking about Fields. I'm talking about you're giving props to Wilson because he threw for I 300 can't. yards. It was in all garbage time. And you know what? As a fantasy guy, he only got me like 15 points. He should have gotten well, more touchdowns, fucking douche. Well, I will tell you this, though. How many times has Fields thrown 300? That would be a big goose egg. Ah. Got it. Just wanted to bring that up for that fucking reason. Even in garbage time, Fields couldn't throw a hundred. So you say whatever you guys want about that, but there's truth to that. Now, the the Broncos, they should be in a in a better place. I think they'll get better more and more time. But I think you nailed it right on the head. I have more confidence in. Peyton getting this team ready to play than I do Eberflus. And that's sad to say because there was at one point in within our group that everyone was so happy about how Eberflus got his team to play. I honestly think he's lost a team. And that's that's going to be something that uh, we're going to look for because I hate to say it, this is going to be another blowout. I've been pretty <sighs> decent with my loss predictions. I think I think it's really this is the, really tough there. It's really yeah. tough. Every game's been a blowout. Every game's been a blowout. And I think I've even said like we're gonna get shit on. Peyton is not gonna want to be remembered for the seventy points that he gave up. This team is gonna come out hungry. This team is gonna dominate. I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos scored over 40 points this game. Okay, give me the give me the prediction. I have 41-14 Broncos. Woo! That's a big number. That's a big number. I, I think Did I predict a win or a loss? You oh, told great me question. before the show. Was uh, it a loss? Was it a loss? It was a loss. Okay, I predicted Wait, a let loss. Let me pull it up again just to just to make sure. Um, I have it here. So, no, you actually predicted a win. I predicted a win. Previously, you predicted a loss. I'm going to be honest with my our listeners right now. One hour ago, I I think I thought the Bears were going to win, but right now, after discussing everything that we've discussed, talking about Sean Payton, I think the Bears are going to lose. I think Sean Payton is going to get his team ready, and I think he's going to will his team to victory. And I don't think Matt Abrams has the stones to do it. I think the Bears are going to lose 23-20. You think it's a close game? I think it's a close game. I don't think either of these teams are that good. But um, I think I think at the end of the day, Sean Payton's and his group gets it done, coming in uh, to Soldier to, to, to get this victory. Now, we would be remiss if we didn't discuss the last member of our trio of positive... Oh, sorry. Our brigade. Our brigade... Boopin. Boopin is the optimist of the group, as we all know. He thinks the Bears are going to get it done. He thinks it's going to be on the back of Justin Fields, an offensive performance, winning 31 to 28. But we'll see. I hope. I hope. <laughs> sorry. We need it. I was going to mute myself laughing. I'm so sorry. And we I- need it. We need the win. We need some positive mojo. I mean, we have four games here, all winnable against. <laughs> The the Broncos, the Red, not the Redskins, the Commanders, Minnesota, and then the Raiders. So we have some four games here that we can turn this thing around. Will we? I don't fucking know, dude. This team's a shit show. Can we do it? Maybe, but we need to see. It needs to be a miracle. We are the bottom of the league right now. We got the whole media ripping us a new one. From Pat McPhee to Mike Greenberg. They're all ripping us a new one. So we'll see if we can get it done. Faith in Justin. Hope for the best. 
Listen, CJ, sound us off. I will sound us off. I just, I love that we, two of the positivity brigades think this team can score more than 20 points. Uh, given everything that I've seen, <laughs> it's, it, it just, it kills me. And one last thing to note everyone's talking about us being the shit team. No one's talking about the Vikings who are currently 0 3. Obviously, Carolina is 0 3. We all know that. And then, of course, Denver being 0 3. But we're, we're, we're the, punching bag of the league i wish and i want to preface this out there to all of our listeners i want the bears to win i want them to correct me i hate being right all the time about the nfl miller knows this i hate being right this this is a make or break it's the first quarter of the season we have friends already that have said they haven't even watched the second half of the games i hope they make it close i don't think it's going to get there but solid episode. We're going to end it there. I would play the fan or the side violin, but I'm going to leave with some optimism. I feel a little bit of Boopin's aura on this. We're going to go ahead and end it there. Thank you for listening. We hope you guys will continue to follow us. You're subscribed. You will do everything that it needs to be possible to give us feedback, to listen, anything that you can do. We much very much appreciate it maybe someday in the near future <laughs> doubt it uh we can have some positivity coming out of the chicago sports landscape until then we will continue to suffer in misery together and on that positive note this is miller and cj signing off you guys have a fantastic week bear down baby